Hey, Real Nerds listeners, your favorite host, Ryan, here to remind you that social media is great. How great is it? There's many ways you can find the Real Nerds on social media. You can download us on iTunes. You can listen to us streaming on Stitcher Radio. You can call us 720-6Nerds5. Aw, man, our website is so cool. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You want to leave some fan mail? Oh, that's so easy, realnerds at gmail.com. Twitter, we got it, at real underscore nerds. You can even like us on Facebook. Thank you so much, and hey, enjoy the show. Welcome to Real Nerds at Denver Comic-Con 2015. We hope you enjoy the following interview. Welcome to Denver Comic-Con. We're live on the DCC floor in like the last hour. Uh, still have a voice. Uh, and I am joined here with Zach Howard. Zach, how you doing? Hola. I'm hey, good. It's, it's been like two years since we actually got to talk to you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's really great to have you back on the show. Were you the guys I bought, uh, or you guys gave me like barbecue powder or something like that? Oh yeah, we gave you the bar. Yeah, yeah, did you did you try it? Actually, on tofu, it's really good. Really, <laughs> that goes all the way back to the first Denver yeah. Comic Con. There you go. That's when we did that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Cool. Well, we will pass that on to. Uh... Really good for vegan food. Okay. Good. <laughs> I know a lot Very of comic cool. people need to know that. Yeah, you hey, know, you know it, the comic vegan community. Comic, comics are universal. <laughs> uh, vegan food is not, but comics are universal. So there are definitely some comic book <laughs> vegan fans out there. Uh, very cool. Thanks. So I, I think um, you know we got to talk to Mike uh, two years ago. Rich. Well, yeah, when my, when Wild Blue Yonder was coming out, uh, but didn't get to talk to you. So I'd love to do a really quick sort of post mortem on. Uh, what that process was like, and, and do you feel like doing a Kickstarter and funding a book that way and doing it all independently is something that you really loved, or do I, you think you're going to like try to get back into doing like indie books and working on IDW and all that stuff? Uh, well, now, uh, well, Kickstarter, it, it's a double-edged sword. Right. It's, but if you do it right, it's more positive than negative. Cool. Um, it did slow me down in the production because I had hundreds of sketches and oh. signed books and mailing this and that yeah. so it, it's a grind that way but because of kickstarter we actually own wild blue yonder as opposed to somebody else owning it or owning 75 percent or 50 or whatever the deal was so we flat out own it we believed in the story and, and you know kickstarter gave us um a, a, a fantastic financial foundation so we could get the first two issues done completely right. without any other bills and then I was able to just do covers and draw the series at the same time. Uh, it slowed the process down, but again, you know, I, I think the product speaks for itself. Oh, but, yeah. You know, you, 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 Kickstarter, if you truly believe in your, your product uh, and you're not fooling yourself, um, it, it, it gives you a freedom uh, never before in publishing. And, That's cool. And, uh, yeah, it's tremendous. So uh, because of that and because of the success of Wild Blue, we're... We're funding ourselves. We don't ever need anybody's money ever again. Cool. Um, you know, Wild Blue, we're able to sell it to Intel then for the real sense because we, we own it. So 
uh, it's it, it's fantastic. So, so yeah. but it's a grind. So, can you give people an idea on yeah, what is it you're working on now? I, uh, the Intel RealSense Wild Blue Yonder Experience. Uh, it's uh, uh, the RealSense camera uh, that Intel is putting out. It's going to be built into all their computers, not all of them, but uh, you know, big, huge chunk of them. Um, uh, starting this Christmas, I believe. Yeah. And uh, the camera's a uh, new type of webcam that kind of acts like a, a Xbox Connect on, you know, creatine. It's, sure. It's super uh, pumped up, and our job is to take the Wild Blue Yonder story and uh, advertise this uh, uh, new technology with our story to get people interested in in uh, this these new you know, super 3D cameras that can see everything. They recognize your emotions. They can tell your heartbeat, every finger, depth cues. Um, it's uh, pretty interesting. So we're, we're doing, a, it's fully interactive. It's like you, you basically get to play a comic book. Wow. So the story's still linear. It's fully acted by actors. It's animated. It goes from 2D to 3D, and you get to play 3D with your body and steer Cola's jet and play as a jetpacker then it goes back to the linear story where it's 2d but it's parallax animation so you can like look around the characters a little bit sorry i moved my mouth from the no microphone. you're okay <laughs> and uh so it's just it's that it's the comic book but uh you get to experience a comic in a new interactive way so you get to be part of this linear story the whole time that sounds really so, cool we're how, hoping <laughs> <laughs> right how is that i mean for you who is like i mean you are very detailed there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on in your books. Does that actually make it a lot harder to build? Like, if, if your panel now, all of a sudden, you can't even hide part of the extremely detailed ship with some cloud yeah. because people can move the cloud or Correct. go around the cloud. Correct. I imagine that this is, is a pretty robust project. Yes, yeah. It, it's pretty... Uh, the process uh, is pretty arduous. And, two, I feel bad for the engineers because this is a brand-new technology. Yeah. So they're trying to figure out... I mean, we're kind of Lewis and Clarking it. You know, it's, it's no one... Not that we're changing the world. It's just no one's ever done anything like this. It's a new technology. So right. uh, we, we're kind of figuring out what the hell is going on, what we want to do. And sometimes you discover things like character rigging where the camera can match the face of the characters with your face, the person who's viewing it. And wow. the emotions of the characters will match yours, you know, and, and how you move your face and everything. So it's, it's a really surreal experience when you're playing you feel it's really connective you feel like you're interacting with the characters or at least impacting them so um even though it's a linear story we're pretty happy with how involved you get in just the littlest thing even though the linear scenes it does something wow you know, slow jets down that are flying or or things like that with movement in your head so this sounds really cool. Yeah, we're pretty excited. So on a on a panel like that, like if you've got a character who's moving his head, mm -hmm. is that are you are you doing like a really detailed model of every character's head in different like poses and stuff like that, and you're reusing that, or does every panel need you to draw that character from a couple different angles so that it can blend it together? Actually, not. Uh, Technology is so fast now; a computer can kind of tell like a face. Now I can't turn a head completely profile, right? But you can you can go like this and. You know, the characters are doing things like this, like looking around, and you can, what it does is it maps out my 2D drawing and applies 3D cameras to them. Okay. So it still looks like a 2D drawing, but it's literally rotating, and the eyebrows and the mouth and the eyes move, and, uh, uh, yeah, wow. it's almost creepy at first until we learned how to work within a parameter. 
Because yeah. at first they're just they look like they suddenly were possessed by Satan. Uh, <laughs> but uh, once we kind of learn that threshold, it's so cool. Yeah. You know, because you almost feel it more than you see it. Because you like you're having your emotion and the, the character's mimicking it. Wow. And uh, uh, it, it uh, yeah, I wasn't. When they told it to me, I was like, ah, what, can you even use that in a story? Right. Uh, but uh, the engineers pulled it off or at Two-Bit Circus. It was just amazing. So how soon do you think we are going to get to see something? Is there some place where you can see, like, a little test version of it? or uh, New York Comic Con, we're going to have a fully playable demo. Wow. Uh, at the table, we'll pro- probably be either, I, I suspect we'll be with Intel, but we may yeah. have our own booth. Um, uh, regardless, at New York Comic Con, we'll have a fully playable, probably laptop that people, fans can come up and and play while I, you know, sketch and yeah. smile. Wow! So it's not that far off. No, no, it's built into uh, Intel laptops uh, and two other types of computers. I forget. And you can also buy the camera like a webcam, just oh, cool. like by yourself and slap yeah. it on your computer. And it's not that big. Yeah. You know, it's not like an Xbox Connect. It's yeah. literally like a webcam. Yeah. Um, so this Christmas, it's being built into. It'll go heavy production i think next year um yeah so i don't know it's a new technology but intel truly believes in it and once you see it it's kind of amazing but you never know about technologies but Very cool. intel was took a chance on us to advertise their technology and we're gonna try and do our best that's really neat yeah. I, I mean it makes a lot of sense from looking at that at that book and how how beautiful the book is not i'm not trying to blow smoke i'm just saying it's a really gorgeous book Thank and you. a cool story and to that it does allow for a lot of movement, I would think. So I, I, it's a good choice it, it on will, their part. Yeah. Thanks, thanks. Uh, to go circle back to your one question, detail is a problem. Say if this was a cartoony book mm-hmm. um, or some broken down style like Mignola or yeah. something like that, it'd be tremendously easier because sure. uh, we have to break the characters apart. Oh. Uh, so if they're deconstructed a bit already, it helps. Or mine, you've seen my insane yeah. crap. So. Right. It's it's very tedious and it's taking us a while, but we're very happy with the result. So, good, good. you know. And the cool thing is, it'll it'll uh, prove the concept really well because if they can make it work with you, they can probably make it work with most artists. Exactly. Right? Like you know, we're we're going to be able to you know take this engine that we're building for this and and uh, you know sell it to to other companies. Yeah. Uh, and we've had some interest, but we got to wait till every patents and everything and, yeah. the, and the product comes out. But. Uh, <laughs> sell it to other comics and we have our engine you can just prep your art and do your own version of this too oh yeah so it, uh, well the the dream would be to have it in a tablet right yes the dream would be to be able to sit there and just like you're reading a comic correct and be able to interact with yeah, it that the would be parallel, amazing it's it's close yeah it's very very close wow. it's in laptops now cool. tablets are next i'm sure that's really really neat so cool so uh if that's almost you know done or at least within a couple of months <laughs> one third right yeah uh, do you have any idea what you're working on next, or can you talk about it at all? A little, yeah. It's a, a, a story called Buck. Cool. It's a fantasy story about a rabbit. Cool. Uh, oddly enough, another coming-of-age story for me. It seems to be <laughs> my thing. Uh, but it's a coming-of-age story about a rabbit that uh, 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 trying to find out his lineage uh, in, a, in a world where rabbits don't, aren't supposed to exist anymore. They okay. were all killed off uh, in some great war or whatever. So cool. it's basically... If the feel of it is is your Lord of the Rings slash Conan, but with uh, animals. Cool. You know, ferrets are the bad guys. There's rats. There's hawks. There's uh, it, Mike Rach has just exploded on this script. So yeah. I never thought I'd be drawn 
uh, animated rabbit, but uh, uh, when you get a story this good, it, it really, really gets the juices flowing. That sounds really fun. Yeah. So, what else? Like, what are you reading? What are you? Uh, what are you interested in right now? Oh. What, what's filling your time when you're not drawing? Well, uh, your your comic book fans are going to be, be upset. No. Uh, but uh, I mostly, uh, I don't know, read books, and I uh, uh, while I work, I just listen to podcasts, science and history podcasts, some philosophy. Been reading. Took a big, big, long hiatus from philosophy, but I started reading that again. So I listen to Alan Watts lectures. I'm a really exciting person. Um, <laughs> no, this is all uh, cool. I listen to Alan Watts lectures and uh, whoever you know, yeah. Neil deGrasse Tyson, Lawrence Krauss. Oh, I'll go. just put in a uh, some weird documentary that are free on, online, and you know, hey, I'll learn about chemistry today, and it's really exciting. You know, once I learned, I can learn while I'm working. Right. Um, Work's become a little bit easier because I've been doing this 15 years. It gets really lonely, yeah. you know, and everybody battles that. And you, you know, the demons in your head start, you know, poisoning your mind. It, it, the littlest things you can think about all day, and and it just becomes cancer in your head, and you're no good to anybody then. So uh, these podcasts have really saved my life because I've already heard every song ever made like 400 <laughs> times. So right, you know, so podcasts are just tremendous. You you discuss, you go on these tangents like. One guy's talking to another guy, and you never heard of that guy. And then you go, it's just a beautiful window into a whole new line of thinking and discovery. And, yeah. you know, it, it's it's amazing what that can do. And it, it pacifies me a bit while I draw then. Yeah. You know, like I say, the, the lonely angst doesn't seem to burn quite as bright when you're you're learning from. Tr- there's all these tremendous people that have are li- have lived or and are living. And there's so much you can learn and within that learning there's a lot of entertainment too yeah you know when with podcasts two people talking to each other get two smart people having a natural conversation with each other it's one of the most interesting things to watch yeah you know? oh, so, I agree. or listen to i don't get to watch much of them but yeah uh, i know i agree i do a lot of the exact same thing yeah um yeah because it's a lot less interesting to yeah you're right you listen to the same song over and over again you're like okay i understand like yeah. this song is really good but um, you know, I've been listening to a lot of like startup or reply, all the Gimlet Media stuff that yeah. came out of uh, This American Life. It's all yeah. fantastic. Yeah, um, it's just fascinating. I don't know if you've listened I know to any of it. it. Okay, yeah. Uh, but I, well, I, yeah, This American Life, I've some of it, but yeah. I, I not like I do like Radio Lab in that genre. Ho oh, ho, Radio Lab's good. Radio Lab's great. Yeah. Oh, every yeah. time it comes out, it's like a birthday present. It's like ooh, <laughs> absolutely. Hardcore history does it for me more than anything, though. Oh yeah. Dan Carlin is even though he's. A historian, not I don't I guess even though isn't the right uh, way to put it, but uh, uh, he's one of the best storytellers I think on planet Earth. Yeah, and that's why he's able to tell history in a way that you identify with it. He's one of those rare storytellers that can bring you a contemporary, a modern person in a contemporary setting and put them in that moment in history so you can understand why they did what they did. Because if you do it from this time, you're like those crazy jerks. What you know? Why were people that crazy and that violent towards each other? And he does an amazing job of putting you in that frame of mind. Whether it was the right way to think or the wrong way to think, they're just humans and societies. And some catalyst led to the next thing, the next thing. And the next thing you know, people are acting in ways that they would consider inhuman a year ago. Yeah. You know, but they, you know, they've dehumanized their enemies so much that, you know, it, they're just evil people now. Do you find yourself working a lot of what you learn, especially in history stuff, into your art? 
Oh yeah, I mean while blue yonder, I'm a uh, World War II nerd, so right. you can you can three World War II aircrafts just ma- magically appear in my book. Right. But uh, <laughs> uh, so yes, but it's usually on uh, kind of like a more surface level. Yeah. Um, however, you know, I'd love I'm I am working on some stuff with historical stories, and uh, I can't talk about it now because oh, okay. it's a little down the pipeline. Sure. I got, uh, a buck, but yeah, uh, our company Noble Transmission, we're working. Uh, just being a history nerd, I think there are ways to tell historical stories to a comic book crowd in very interesting ways. Um, Absolutely. Uh, so we're working on that. It's funny. I've had a lot of conversations this weekend with a lot of different people who are working. I mean, it's, it's kind of obvious, right? We're at Denver Comic Con. Yeah. It's part of Pop Culture Classroom. But a lot of conversations about people working pop culture and comics and different kinds of mediums into education um, on all, all kinds of levels, right? You're not just teaching people to read, but working through speech impediments and all these different things that people are doing. I think absolutely, you know, history and sciences and that kind of stuff, you know, a lot of people, not, not everybody is going to come to those, those genres of, of education in the same way. And you sit them down in front of a textbook and they're going to be super bored. But you sit them down in front of something else and start teaching them about, like, uh, I mean, even with podcasts, it's true, right? Like yeah. Everything you just described about having somebody really tell you the story in an audio format that feels so relatable is a lot more effective than I'm going to sit down in a book and they're going to tell me all yeah. of the facts, right? It's all there, but there's no heart. There you um, go. And the same thing would be true. If, if you can draw me a picture of exactly what was going on, uh, I, it would probably be a lot more memorable and, and a lot more impactful. I believe so, too. So that's really cool. If you really, all you really do is need to make somebody excited about something, and they'll teach themselves about it. Yeah. You know, they, they look at all the Star Wars nerds. <laughs> you know, they... They know everything about everything. Star Wars. Everything. <laughs> like, you know, a, a sand person's weapon is, and or whatever obscure... You know, jerk in the background making clicking noises was in this scene. And, you know, it's so that's what I'm saying. If you can turn that into actual things like history and get somebody, you'll probably never get the fantastical level that you do of Star Wars, obviously. Right. But you just need to trigger that, that excitement or the curiosity. Like, why, why did that happen? Or why did this work? Why does the star do this? Why are, are we in space? You get them asking those questions, they'll teach themselves. Yeah. You just got to give them a little spark. Absolutely. And I think most people will, the human mind wants to learn patterns and, and, and knowledge and things like that. You just got to find a way to turn it on. Yeah. So. What did the, um, we were actually just talking a little while ago because you just came from portfolio reviews. Um, and we've talked in the past about, you know, people just starting to get into comic books and, and, and how you would encourage them. But um, you brought up one that I think is kind of interesting, which is somebody who's really close, somebody who's, Who's good, but is not? They're not going to go work at Marvel anytime soon, yeah. or at least not right now. Correct. Um, what is? What do you find is your most common piece of advice to them, or what are the things that, that is that piece of encouragement that usually you you would like to hope is going to get them over the edge? Uh, turn off your ego. Become analytical about your own work. Okay. Uh, uh, I, th- I I the 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 quicker you can learn the uh, the the foundation or the, the glue that, that makes a comic book a comic book and the, the, whether it be the story or well, the combination of storytelling, art style, uh, framework, uh, design, uh, the amount of black on a page, uh, 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 character, uh, story content, all those things. It's just that there's countless variables. So everybody, the, the, most people are married to their ego mm. and it's something everybody fights with. Some people acknowledge that and take steps to, you know, 
slowly get that your ego, you know, reined in. Um, the discipline of of uh, uh, removing your ego from the situation, um, and I'm not talking about the creative process. I'm talking about uh, structural storytelling. Uh, or sequential storytelling uh, in a structured manner, or anatomy, or camera movement. All those things, you can create little equations in your head. You you, if you become analytical, you can make a proof in your head, like a mathematical proof. So every time you stick a variable in there, you have the correct answer. Yeah. And that's, what, that's where your, your ego, egos are, are promote entropy. Because it, your body doesn't want to grow, wants to rest. So does your mind, so if, or your ego. So it just wants you to sit on the couch and, and veg out. Um, the quicker you, you can burn through that crap, uh, listening to your ego, your ego will lie to you. Oh, you're better than, than what these people are saying, so don't work on it. Uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Hide, hide your, how bad you draw feet in, uh, under capes and things like that. That's your ego. And the quicker you can set that aside and say, okay, here's my goal. This is where I want to get. This is where I am now. It's like traversing a mountain. You, you look for a path and sometimes they're going to be on that path and you're going to have to take a detour and around and things like that. But every time you're moving, you're always moving towards that goal. Hmm. And if you're a slave to your ego, you're not moving at all. You're just you're just sating your 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 need to be accepted and awesome and alpha dog and or whatever. And uh, so I'd say the the quicker you can get disciplined and remove that. Uh, now, of course, you don't remove it, the artwork comes from the ego, like yeah. your style and, and what you want to do. But uh, that's why it's such it's kind of a nuanced conversation. But I'm sure most people can kind of understand what I'm saying. You got to oh, yeah. you got to reel it in because you will lie to yourself. Hmm. Your brain's built for that. Yeah. You know, it, you're not as great as what your ego's telling you. Yeah. So you, that's why it's it, it's a liar. So get them out of your life. You know, and don't don't ever listen to them. It, it's it's always going to be there, but don't let them con control you. Or I guess I'm uh, assigning a gender to your ego, but uh, <laughs> uh, uh, th that would be the key. Yeah. Is try to figure out the math behind uh, uh, successful artists and what, it, because when you learn, you know, the the construction, you can see the seams. Once you get smart enough and, and disciplined enough and, and skilled enough, you can st start to see the seams in these masters' works, like how they constructed it, why something worked, and eventually sometimes how they failed. And once you can figure out how those masters did something or why they did something is the more important question, you can create... A, a, a mathematical proof out of that. They did that because of this. Right. You take those variables, and of course, you, you you mold that to your style and your life. But that's how I did it. I didn't start drawing till I was 24, and you know I drew Hellboy at 27. So uh, it, it's not magic. It's just a matter of deconstructing people that are better than you. And again, if they're the mountaintop and I'm right here, you got to find a path to get there. And yeah. that's where the analytical mind comes in. I don't think enough people are analytical. So I'm not talking about a cold robot way, you know. But you got oh, totally. to, you got like an engineer, you got or a scientist. You got to, you got to deconstruct it and really kind of figure out what the hell makes this work. Yeah. And then it makes sense to you. Then you can take his or her success uh, and apply it to your life then or your artwork, you know, in your own way. And when you digest it and spit it out again, it's going to be something different. But they're successful you know, uh, discoveries that they had can help teach you. You don't need to reinvent the wheel every time. You don't copy, you learn. 
when you copy, you're not learning. Right. You know, but if you break it apart, see how it works. Like a car engine, you can then go build your own car engine. Hmm. It's not going to be the same as the other one, but it's going to work. Yeah. It's, but it'll be your car engine, and you know the formula of how to make a, a car engine work. So then you can build your own car engine instead of copying car engine or guessing. Yeah. You know, you, you're not going to have I'm a pretty good... sure this is what's under the hood, yeah. but I've never seen it before. There you go. Yeah, there absolutely. You go. So, so if you don't, I'm going to ask kind of a hard question, go. or at least I think it's a little hard. If you aren't reading a lot of comics now, is there art out there that you're looking at so that you continue to improve, so that you continue to try to, to uh, yeah, fix that equation? but it's more by happenstance now, mm-hmm. either walking around a con or... I'll be on DeviantArt and somebody will contact me or something. Or I'll just see something. And of course. But I honestly, at this point, I try to remove all comic book uh, influence from my life. Really? Uh, are, you, are you afraid that it's going to, like... I, I pollute. Yeah. You can't not be polluted by it. Hmm. I think I'm at a... I, I've worked really hard over the last 15 years to get to a certain skill level. And I think I'm at a, a skill level now to where I don't need influence in, the, in that way. Yeah. I, I'm more influenced by... The music I listen to, the podcasts I listen to, the discoveries I listen to, those are what excite me and get my juices flowing, and then I go draw. Yeah. As opposed to, oh, wow, Jim Lee drew a cool, you know, Power Girl or whoever the hell is on in D.C. And uh, <laughs> uh, and people would just copy that then because it was successful. Yeah. Um, I, I Even if they don't think they are. I, I uh, How I discovered this is uh, I grew up a, you know, Mignola clone, yeah. and uh, I was pushed that way. And yeah, I, I yeah, I don't, I don't know. Are we getting too esoteric? No, no, I don't think so. At least not for me. What I noticed with Mignola, and you know, I used to talk with some of my close artist friends, is this: the second I look at a Mignola book, I go draw. I start looking more like Mignola. It's just oh. hard because his stuff makes so much sense. It's almost impossible not to be influenced by him. Yeah. Those guys that have figured it out at such a high level and, and also found a beautiful way to be successful at that discovery, right. it's almost impossible not to be influenced. Listen to Led Zeppelin and then go play guitar and, you know, you're going to hit some Jimmy Page notes. You just are. Yeah. You just are. Your mind recognized that pattern as a successful pattern and you're going to apply that to yourself. So at this point, I read almost no comics. Now that is, I'm not anti-comic. I'm just no, really no, yeah. when I do read it, it's usually like cartoon, fun, stupid things stuff. that are very far away from what you do. Correct. Right. I try to keep. I try to work in a vacuum in a little bit. Yeah. Oh, and now it's impossible to, yeah. but I try to limit the factors as much as possible. And I'm not saying that's the right way. This is just the way I found success. I don't want. I don't want Wild Blue to look like anything that ever came before it. Right, which yeah. it doesn't. But <laughs> the, I, I think it makes a lot of sense because I mean, everything that you just said sort of implies that you know, with as late as you started and the way that you started um, and the, the kind of an artist you were early on, um, your brain seems to... to it's, it's like what you're talking about with the camera and Wild Blue Leander, right? Like, you're breaking things down into little elements yeah. and reusing those elements in a lot of ways, Correct. right? And you Correct. you didn't start when you were 10, figure out your style, draw over 20 Correct. years, always want to be Jim Lee, and then, like, eventually you had your own style that looks nothing like Jim Lee, but you wanted to be one of those guys, right? Correct. It's not the way you became an artist. And so it makes a lot of sense that, yeah, when you see a piece of art, your brain just in, inherently is going to take that art and go, like, okay, how do I work that in that element? in here um, uh, not, so well, I think it it's not even the element it, it's discovering the knowledge that put that together yeah 
And once you know that knowledge, you can use your own variables. Like I said, you're not using their variables. You're using their successful discovery, their equation right. that they came up with. And that's where you don't copy. Yeah. You know, you're using their, their success and then applying your own art to it. Yeah. You know, using it, that equation or something like that. But you're not using their variables. You're learning from them. Yeah. You know, it's almost like a history lesson. I, I think You're it's not, fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, is, yeah. So Very cool. I, I'm, I'm a weirdo, man. <laughs> I, I have a lot of time to think. You know, I work by myself, and I really, right. really, really think about these things. Yeah. You know? And, well, uh, but I think that is part of what makes you and artists like you who are very dedicated to it stand out. Because that passion, that attention to detail, the fact that you spend so much time thinking about how your art really functions is probably, like you're saying, that is the difference between somebody who can draw well and somebody who can make great comics. One's an illustrator, one's a storyteller. Right. I there try to go. be a storyteller. Very good. Very you good. Know, I know a lot of people like using that word, but I don't see it used very often. Right. Yeah. You know, and uh, uh, I think that's what's missing in the majority of American comics. However, we're having kind of a, uh, you know, when, when I started doing uh, uh Crater own stuff. Uh, I, I almost, you know, fellow pros sometimes would almost be sympathetic towards me that I'm ruining my career. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I should be drawing Batman or whatever, you know, yeah. stupid crap they got, you know, or the characters never change. Yeah. Everything's built up for the big reveal of Batman standing on the ledge yeah. or Wolverine jumping at the camera. And it's this, you know, it's, it, it brings me no, no joy as a storyteller to see people take a, 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 an art form I, I truly love so dearly and they they just put a candy coat of shit on it. Oh, yeah. wait. I'm not allowed. It, can it's I, the internet. You're fine. Okay. Sorry. Okay. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, and uh, sadly, the majority of American comics are that way. However, there's diamonds in the rough everywhere. It's a big totally. country. It's a big medium. And uh, it's, so whenever I see that, I'm very excited that somebody said you know screw that i got better stories yeah you know and well, and that's you know, one time your ego is good yeah you're a guy who has done a lot of i mean you've drawn batman and i'll be really honest with you i've i've seen your batman work and i look at the stuff you do now and i'm like i mean obviously a lot of time has passed but yeah. it's still like that's a lot better it's a lot <laughs> like you you seem like you're having a lot more fun well my soul's know? on the page that's right. me yeah oh yeah Batman's not me no matter how hard i work at it it's right. never me yeah it's somebody else's dream and brand right where if me I, I i there's countless stories to tell come up with your own damn story absolutely you know you can like batman you can draw batman but i don't i have trouble identifying and sometimes even respecting guys that get comfortable in that they just uh macog in the wheel and they they fool themselves that they're not yeah oh yeah this is a really impactful bat no nothing impactful happens in superhero stories because they're brands right they cannot change they got to sell Wolverine underroots. So the character has to be the same character all the time. <laughs> Batman is forever 30 years old or, 30, you know, and yeah. nothing happens. Yeah. Nothing happens. He's the same person at the end as he was in the beginning. That, that to me, that's not telling a story. You're, you're just, you're just, uh, I think I call it visual masturbation. <laughs> you know, and I, I'm very sorry. Apologies to people that that offends. I don't mean to. Ooh. This is just how I feel. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't think lesser of those people. I just I don't identify with them, and I don't agree with what they're doing. Yeah. Um, in my sense, in, the, right. in my selfish id. Uh, so, you know, I, I think I don't even know what the question was. It's been a long weekend, man. But uh, <laughs> and I ramble. But uh, that's good. I I 
I think it's important for people, if they really want to tell stories, to learn how to tell stories and not study comic books, study storytelling, then study the comic medium, what you can do in there and what hasn't been done and why. Why hasn't this been done? You know, or, or blah, blah, blah. You know, I found my way. I can't be a monthly artist and be happy, i.e. draw Nightwing or ba- yeah. Batman. I was miserable. Nobody seemed to care. They just hammering paychecks. Yeah. And uh, that made me very, I mean, I was morose after <laughs> drawing, you know, a few Bat books. And uh, uh, to no fault of theirs, it's just, yeah. I, and, you know, so I quit. And I went indie. And luckily, I won the lottery right away doing Shaun of the Dead. But, uh I, I think if you're a real artist, or I don't even know if that, that doesn't even mean anything, real artist. To a, uh, if you're truly trying to be a storyteller, uh, an impactful storyteller that when people read your story, it res- not only resonates with them, it sticks with them. Yeah. It's part of them now. Right. Uh, and to me, that's my goal as a storyteller. Um, it's really my only goal as a storyteller. Right. Uh, uh, once you kind of go to that side, it's really hard to look back and and respect what people are doing on the other side, which is, as I said, the candy-coated branding stuff. Not, yeah. not that there isn't the occasional nugget of gold in there. there. There's some very, very talented people making superhero comic books, freakishly talented, yeah. some of the top of the industry. But I, I'd rather see them draw their own book a, a million times over than one issue of Batman. Yeah. I, no, I, think I don't that's even fair. care. Batman died tonight. I, yeah. I, I, who cares? We've we have a billion Batman stories. You'd read them again. Yeah. You know, let's come up with a new Batman. Yeah. And he's not called Batman. He's a new character. Right. You know. I, and I I I agree with you in that. Like, you know, for me, the, those stories that you're talking about that stick with you and that you 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 carry for a while, yeah. if not forever, those are the ones I'm looking for. And so it's why. To be completely honest, it's why I get so excited about the stuff you do. Well, thank um, you. So yeah, I, I think you're you're doing a really great job, and I'm I'm really glad that you're here at Denver, spending some time with us. Well, I mean, you live here, but so you didn't have to go that far to come yeah. to Denver Comic Con. But still, uh, I really appreciate that you took the time. So. Hey, it's great seeing you guys every year, man. Uh, real quick, how can people find you? How can they be supportive? What do they need to do? Uh, uh, my DA site, which I believe is Space Friend Crunk. Mm-hmm. Um, liter- just Google my stupid name. <laughs> I, I'm, I, you know, I my name. I'm fortunate enough it comes up first. Yep. So all my sites will Facebook, uh, Twitter. Uh, I'm either Space Friend Zach, Space Friend Z, or Space Friend Crunk. Uh, and uh, but just Google my name, Zach Howard Z A C H, and uh, you'll you'll find me. I'll cool. be in some corner of the internet miserable (laughs) miserable and yelling (laughs) hey thank you so much Zach hey awesome thank you man not at all thank you for listening to this exclusive Real Nerds interview at Denver Comic Con 2015 and we'll see you next year visit our website realnerdspodcast.com you can tweet us at real underscore nerds you can email us even realnerds at gmail.com Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6Nerds5. And download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill, for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production.